The World Cup may already be in the review mirror for the U.S. men's national team, but that doesn't prevent Jurgen Klinsmann and co. from preparing for the next cycle. This is the SBI Show. I am Garrett Cleverly. With me, as always, is Ivis Golarsep. What's crack-a-lacking, man? I don't know, man. I'm just worried about you. For for the listeners, Garrett suffered a brain injury recently, and uh, we we don't know if he's to his full capacities for the show. I can't can't believe you had to start off the show with this. I, I, I took a little, you know... Ding to the head playing soccer the other day, but I'm okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna strive through the show, Ivis. Hey man, listen, you can't. You got to take these things seriously, man. You know our, our buddy Taylor Twoman tells us all the time. You know we don't want to be like FIFA, who just ignores clear concussions and you know has players looking like they're you know they're gonna die. So just worry about you, man. No, I, I will agree. I mean, I'm I'm one. I'm never afraid to go in the air and win a ball in the air, and then a simple throw in going like five miles an hour hit me in the wrong side of the head, man. And I've just been like hurting since then. I agree with Taylor Twelman from now on. Now since it's it's crazy. Anyways, we don't need to talk about that, Ivis, because we have so much we need to talk about on today's show as we continue to play catch up from your mysterious journey to Brazil, where you just couldn't do a show for three weeks. We're still playing catch up here, man. <laughs> Uh, yeah, why couldn't... For everyone who was listening to the show, the reason why Ivis and I did not have a show, it's not my fault. I kept begging to do a show. You should see the amount of text messages, emails, G-chats, Skypes. I mean, I have evidence of me reaching out to Ivis, and then finally he gets back to me about five days after the World Cup and goes, bro, I'm on vacation. You couldn't tell me before that? Come on, Ivis. Well, that last week I was on vacation, and before that, I was just bouncing around a lot, you know, all over Brazil... That seems like it was so long ago. It's it does. crazy, man. It's crazy. The World Cup came and went and in a flash, and, and, we're, and we're already ready to talk about the next cycle. We're, the U.S. national team is uh, going to be back in action in a month, believe it or not. It's crazy. Uh, it's No, I, I, which I think is fantastic. I mean, we already saw that before the World Cup. I mean, the U.S. was talking about doing that friendly with the Czech Republic, but now reports are coming out that the U.S., as you just said, is lining up a September friendly against Colombia in San Antonio. We'll all get to see James Rodriguez in the flesh from his recent move to Real Madrid and just from the fabulous World Cup that he had. And, I mean, look, Ivis, this is why Jurgen has been brought in. He's been able to do this from day one, scheduled big friendlies for the U.S. You talk Italy, you talk Mexico, uh, okay, Russia on the road. It. It's been stop fantastic. It, Listen, enough with the Jurgen being the man getting friendlies against big teams thing because, the, you know what, the U.S. has played big teams before Klinsman came. So this is not a, ma- this is not a Klinsman magic wand moment. So let's, let's take it easy on that, on that front. It is a great, great matchup. I mean, Colombia is a tough team. They're a top team, as we saw in the World Cup, one of the most exciting teams at the World Cup. Uh, James Rodriguez, a, a rising star. I mean, he's a superstar now, right? I mean, he's made it big. Uh, after his World Cup Golden Boot, uh, but yeah, it, that's a great matchup. It's and it's great that it's in Texas, San Antonio, only an hour or so drive from Austin, a, a city that I, I really enjoyed when I visited last year, and I will go back once this game is officially confirmed as happening. I will be going to Austin and hitting up Franklin Barbecue, best barbecue I ever had in my life. Uh, but no, this is a great matchup, and, and it's perfect also because you think about you know down the road. With the Copa America, uh, that's going to be in the U.S. in two years. So mm-hmm. you want to get a chance to play some of these teams and, and kind of you know prepare for that that uh, that matchup down the road when you're going to be playing some of the, the powerhouses from South America. You know, I, I will give you this because after the 2010 World Cup, the U.S. did play Brazil right after that was the first game right after the World Cup. I mean, lo- looking at this one, so I mean, I'm yeah, 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 all right, take it easy. Um, you know, don't don't hurt yourself patting yourself on the back, Ivis. I know. Yeah, uh, hey, I still, I still remember that game. That that because uh, actually that game what was, was, what was, what was, was the score of that game. Uh, I think it was two 0 There you I'm go. Pretty, okay. I'm pretty sure Neymar. I think that was like Neymar's first. Uh, if it wasn't his first game for Brazil, it was one of his first games for Brazil, and he lit the U.S. up that day. Uh, and it's funny. Yeah, it was at it was at MetLife, I believe. And uh, I remember another thing I remember about that day was that there was this completely fabricated. Uh, rumor report uh, claiming Bob Bradley was going to step down as coach, which obviously didn't end up happening. But uh, and also Omar Gonzalez, I think may, he might have made his national team debut that day. He did and, start and I, in this game. You know, who also yeah. got starts in this game: Jonathan Spector, Jonathan Bornstein, Edson Buttle. Woo, some names for you. Yeah, we're going way back there, and uh, it was uh, hey, Brazil lit it up that day. But uh, but yeah, no, it's a great look. This Colombia matchup. I hope it happens. I hope and I hope it happens in. 
in Texas at the Alamo Dome. It'd be a, a great, uh, great opportunity for a city. San Antonio, they, you know, they're doing a good job there with the NASL team, the Scorpions. So you, you'd like to see them and see that area rewarded with a, a visit from the U.S. team. Is this a game where, you know, Jurgen looks at it as, as an opportunity to kind of bring back all the guys from the World Cup? You know, I mean, look, it's too early to be thinking about 2018 World Cup. I mean, first thought on the mind for Jurgen and the rest of these guys is qualifying uh, the U.S. for the Olympics. But, I mean, it's too early to also probably do that. I mean, is this an opportunity to kind of bring in some of those guys from the World Cup as kind of like a, a final send-off game at home so everyone can kind of see them? Because some of these guys, I was, let's face it, they're, they're not going to be around for the next cycle for the U.S. Well, you have to remember, this game is going to be part of two games where uh, the U.S. is playing the Czech Republic. In, they're, they're going to be at the Czech Republic, and then they're going to travel to San Antonio for this game. So it, it can't be just be like one-off send-off for the old, you know, get the band back together and have, and, and bid a farewell. Uh, Klinsman, uh, after the end of the World Cup, he, he made it seem pretty clear that he wasn't wasting any time starting to look toward the future and starting to look at some younger players. So I actually think it will be a pretty young team. Um, you know, I think the players who who are ready to kind of move along, uh, I think, you know, you're going to start seeing that. You're going to start seeing guys uh, not playing that game. So, you know, I, 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 you know, we haven't seen any, had any players formally retire. I think DeMarcus Beasley uh, was quoted recently saying that, He's not ready to retire from yeah. the national team, and I don't know what Jermaine Jones is doing as far as that goes. I know Tim Howard's been a little, you know, non-committal about coming back. So, so it'll be interesting to see. I think I think we're going to see a young team uh, play those September friendlies. Uh, not super super young, but young girl. Well, how young are you talking? Are you talking like Luis Gill and Will Trap and Harry Ship and yeah, Yedlin well, Young? You're going to see a sprinkling of those guys. I think you'll see, you know, Ter- I think you'll see, well, Terrence Boyd's going to be injured. So yeah, it's unfortunate. He, unfortunately, we'll get to that later. But uh, John Brooks, Julian Green, maybe you'll see a Joe Jow, you know, depending on what his status is. Uh, you're gonna, and then there's some MLS guys you'd like to take a look at, like a Dylan Powers. So, mm. uh, yeah, no, there, there, there's gonna, there's plenty of good young options for Klinsman to build a team around. And, of course, you're going to bring some veterans. You're going to bring your Dempsey, your Bradley, uh, you you like to think if he bring, if he doesn't bring in Howard, he's going to bring in Brad Guzan. You'd like to think. Uh, Bill, so well, th- hey, gonna, hey, Bill Hamid could be getting a start here. He's looking pretty good right he, now this season. He is. He's he's had a breakout year, but no, I think I think I think if you you're either 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 Howard's still going to be the guy or Guzan's the guy, and if Guzan's the guy, you want to start getting him his games. You want to start getting him his reps with the national team, and uh, I, I don't I don't think you're going to see. A super young goalkeeper, especially if Guzan's available to play, I think I think you want to bring him in. Well, keeping it focused on U.S. men's national team players, Ivis, we got to give Mr. Crossover himself, Franco, props on this one for breaking the story. Uh, but reports are coming out that Sasha Kleschen might possibly be returning to the not, oh my god, I'm going to say the MLS, might be possibly returning to Major League Soccer, possibly on a loan to the LA Galaxy, who have kind of shifted things with the allocation order uh, what are the possibilities of this ivis of bringing sasha back uh to major league soccer uh, it sounds like it's gonna happen i mean it's not it hasn't been officially announced yet but you know as Franco reported earlier in the week you know everything's in place for it to happen and obviously the galaxy made their trade uh dealing away kofi apari to move up in the order in the allocation order uh to get question and i think it's you know what it, it, it's a it's an interesting move look Kleshton's a quality player uh, you know, he's fallen out of favor at Anderlecht. He, he went from regular starter. Actually, if you remember the beginning of the year last year, he was scoring goals like crazy. I think he might have mm-hmm. set a new personal record for goals in the season in like three months, in like two months of the season. But then, you know, but for whatever reason, he fell out of favor. Second half of the season, he wasn't starting anymore, not, not regularly anyway. Uh, and already off the bat, you know, this season, he's not he's not a starter for Anderlecht now. So... You know, you could understand him wanting to make a move. He's married now. He's got a family. He has started a family. He, he, you know, he's obviously from California, so you could understand why he, you know, sees this opportunity to come back and come back to a top team. I mean, who, you know, it's not exactly uh, uh, hard. You don't have to twist someone's arm who's from Cali to come play in Cali and play for the Galaxy. So, you know what? I, I think that deal gets done. I, what I'm interested about is how the pieces are all going to fit, right? Because you already have Juninho. Mm-hmm. You already have Marcelo Sarvis, who's playing really well. 
Uh, and, and how do you fit Kleshton in with those two guys? Are you signing Kleshton because you might lose one of those guys? Is Juninho maybe going to go to Brazil? So the, I'm curious to see how that works and how he would fit all those guys in. You got to, you know, you, you'd like to think Bruce Arena will figure it out. Uh, he always finds a way to to kind of you know put guys in position. Uh, as we've seen recently with the whole Robbie Rogers playing left back move, I, I think that's working out well for the Galaxy. So. Uh, you know what? We'll, we'll be interested to see how this all plays out. Well, and, and for people who, and I saw some people kind of crapping on this. Oh, Sasha's horrible, and, and I think that's so funny because people always remember certain guys' performances with the U.S. I mean, look, Sasha's a quality player. I mean, he's going to be providing personally. I, I think a lot to the LA Galaxy attack. Will help distribute the ball. I mean, is this the piece Ivis that the LA Galaxy might be missing to kind of get them over that next level? I mean, ever since David Beckham left, and, and not that I want to say this, I mean, the Galaxy have still made. Uh, the finals and are still a dangerous team, but they always just seem to be missing kind of that that one piece. I mean, can Sasha really be that final piece to the puzzle for them in, in the midfield? You know what's funny? I actually think they already, without Sasha Question, are one of the teams to beat. I really think with Jassy Zardis stepping his game up and really emerging as that third weapon, one of the, the, the big problem for them last year was they didn't have that third weapon. They didn't have that third attacking player to you know, carry the load. You know, when Keenan Donovan were 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 not clicking. You know, you had that third guy. They didn't have that. Now you've got Zardis, who's really lighting it up. You've got Steven Ishizaki, who's been a great find for them as well. So, you know, they've got a lot of weapons already. So you almost wonder how is how is Question going to fit into this? And you know what? For me, look, if they can fit him on the roster, uh, then why not do it, right? Because I mean, he's still a quality player. Whether you, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if you're going to put him on the right, you're going to put him on the left, you're going to play him centrally, uh, and then play Sarvis on the right. Uh, I'm interested to see how Bruce Arena fits it all together, but you know what? It, it, if they add him, uh, you really have to think they're they're on the very short list of, for me, title favorites. Well, you talk about uh, Zardis, Ivis, in his last two months, he has scored six goals in the last two months. And, and he did show moments last year, but you could tell, I mean, in his rookie year, not a finished product yet. And, and you mentioned this before, that this is a guy that you want to pay attention to for the future of the U.S. team. I mean, look, he, Zardis continues to develop, and he looks like a good player, and you're exactly right. Uh, moving over... Well, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, with Zardis, the thing with him, you know, he was played out of position. Uh, he was played wide. He was played... That's true, in, he did play, he did play on the left side role. last year. So it really didn't... I mean, you know, he... It, Bruce Arena had his ideas for that. Uh, Zardis filled the role, but it didn't really maximize his his ability because that's not his position. And now that he's moved to forward, he's really had a chance to blossom, and he's been crushing it the past couple of months. You know, I think I think he's got seven goals in however many games that they've played, and and, and uh, he's lighting it up, and he's playing with confidence, and uh, you know that his combination of of size and and speed. Is pretty imposing, and when those guys are clicking, uh, Donovan and Keane and Shizaki, like it, it just frees him up so much. It gives him so much space to operate because you can't key on him. You can't, you can't double team him. You have to worry about Robbie Keane. You have to worry about Landon Donovan, and then you have to have to deal with him on a one-on-one matchup, and, and it, it, he's just not easy to deal with with his size and speed. So, LA man, they're looking great and crazy to think about. Mm-hmm. This, this, you know, they they blew away Seattle. And you know we'll get to that. That was but, one game. Take it easy. No, no, but no, but listen, that was the first game that they had played with Omar Gonzalez in since May, and in that time that they didn't have Omar Gonzalez, they lost one game. So they found a way to get results, even though they didn't have. They, they found a first off. That's you can't take away that. Look, Seattle Sounders clearly missed Chad Marshall in that game. The LA Galaxy pounded. Seattle up the middle in the first ten minutes of that game. That you're game totally, is much. That game totally, is much different with Chad Marshall on totally there. The point of what I'm even. Talking I'm, I'm sticking about. up for Sounders fans here because I don't it's want you shitting not, on them. But, I, I, but I'm not even talking about that game. Why don't you listen? Listen, Garrett. My point was they have managed without Omar Gonzalez to get results. Now they get him back, and you know coming coming off the World Cup, coming off really confident uh, performance in in Brazil. Now that you, you got to think they're going to be even better. So, and and I'm, it's not even talking about that game specifically. It's just talking about looking at what LA was able to do. And look, credit to Bruce Arena. Anyone who's followed the league knows that through the years, Bruce Arena has found a way to piece together lineups when he's missing key players and get results. He's done it 
year year after year, the guy's a magician, and now he's got now he has Omar Gonzalez back, and it, it's scary, man. It's scary to think what they're gonna do, and yet this Seattle, yes, I know Seattle is missing Ch- Chad Marshall, Brad Evans, uh, Leo Gonzalez. I get that, but you know what? L.A. still played a great game. Okay, fair, fair enough. Uh, time to move on. Talk about another U.S. men's national team midfielder. Reports are coming out that Jermaine Jones might possibly be going to the Chicago Fire. Ivis, here's my only issue with this: Is Chicago a big enough city for Jermaine Jones's Instagram star power account right now? There's a lot of star power in Chicago, you know. It, but is my it big guy- enough? Is it big bigger than L.A.? That is my concern for Jermaine Jones. I mean, you know, you can keep going. He can he can go to LA in the summer, uh, or you know, or not in the summer, but he can go to, <laughs> go to LA. He can go to LA in the winter. Yeah, there you go. And and then in the you know in the summer, spring, and fall, there's plenty of celebrities in Chicago. So, but kidding aside, look, if Chicago pulls this off, it's a great move for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would be an impressive move for them because it's not going to be cheap. Uh, it's going to take a considerable a considerable investment. Alexi Lalas was reporting three million dollars. I don't think it's going to be quite that much, but if if you uh, if Jermaine Jones agrees and he signs, I'm telling you, like if Chicago's not that far out of the playoff race. He just might be the spark that they need to get really get into into playoff contention. But what I'm surprised by is the fact that, from what I understand, there hasn't been a ton of interest in Jones in the market in the MLS market. And I mean, I get it. In a, because, from what I understand, he's asking for quite a bit of money. He's not coming cheap. He wants millions. He, he wants a big contract. He wants a DP contract. You can understand why he wants a DP contract. I mean, not in a, no, it's not just because you know he wants money, but think about it. He, he just came off a World Cup where he was the best U.S. player on in the tournament. For my money, you can say arguably if you want, but I'm sorry. He was the best American player at the World Cup. Meanwhile, Clint Dempsey, Michael Bradley, both make six million dollars right so if you're jermaine jones and you're like look i just played the the, a hell of a world cup i was i was amazing at the world cup i i should be able to if these guys are getting six million i should be able i should get three million four million so i could i you know even though hey look he's 32 uh it's not it's not nearly as that as simple as 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 he probably thinks it is but uh that said all that said i'm a little surprised i'm a little surprised some teams didn't step up like the new england revolution the new england yeah who desperately need a holy midfielder back they absolutely listen man if they if they got jermaine jones well they don't need him they beat colorado 3-0 this past week and come on i was fine they beat a shorthanded colorado team that that is that is in the middle of of a really brutal travel schedule uh you know pablo mastrani with the rotations again uh, you know, he 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 sat. We can uh, talk about that later. Focus on oh, Jones yeah, here. You brought it up. You brought it up. I know, but anyway. focus, focus but here. I'm a little surprised New England didn't make a serious push for him. I mean, I mean, I'm sorry, man. If they got Jermaine Jones, New England absolutely could could push Kansas City for the for for the East. Absolutely, they could, you know, not saying catch them record wise, but who would want to play New England in the playoffs nope. with Jermaine Jones? Like backing up their their attacking weapons, the Fagundes, Kellen Rowe, uh, Lee Wynn. Lee Wynn. I mean, they, I'm sorry, man. Like they, I, if they, it seems like they're gonna miss the boat. But I really think they missed the boat on signing Jermaine Jones. And look, you know what? Who knows if he would have even gone there, right? We don't know that. We don't know that. Maybe maybe they did inquire, and maybe he didn't want to play on turf, or maybe he's heard things about the organization that didn't want. We don't know. We don't know. What we what seems to be clear is that there wasn't a ton of interest in Jermaine Jones in MLS, and I'm a little surprised by that. Look, for me, Jermaine Jones, marketability of him, natural leader. I mean, the level that he is at, the quality that he'll bring to any team. I, I don't know if this is enough to get the Chicago Fire over the edge because I think they need to focus on their back line heading into next season. But, I mean, you talk about partnering Jermaine Jones next to Harry Ship if you're the Chicago Fire. You have to get excited about that. They'll open up opportunities for Mike McGee. I, for me, this $3 million, I think that is a deal the Chicago Fire will get on Jermaine Jones for the rest of the year I, and for next year, too. I, I think that is a smoking deal that they'll get. It's a lot of money, man. It's a lot of money by MLS standards. He's a quality player, no doubt about it. But, uh, you know, you, don't, you just don't, reg- you don't generally see MLS teams spend that kind of money unless they're getting themselves a, a goal-scoring machine 
or a playmaker. Usually it's attacking players. It's a little tougher to to kind of, you know, you don't you just don't see like a defensive midfielder or a center back make that kind of money. But we'll see. We'll see. I mean, Chicago is, by all accounts, Chicago has stepped up to the plate. Mm-hmm. They put their bid in. They're serious. Now it's up to Jermaine Jones to decide. Does he want to come? To, does he really want to come to MLS? Because he's been telling us for months now. He's on Twitter, Instagram, you name it. He's been talking about it. So let's see. Let's see if he's serious about it because now an offer's on the table. So let's see what he does. I was uh, moving over to a Brazilian legend now. Um, You wrote a piece on Goal.com arguing that the New York Red Bulls should sign Ronaldinho would address an attacking uh, option that they have never had for years. Also, you mentioned Henri retiring, which, come on, after he scored that goal against RSL, he's not retiring. Come on, I have to stop that. Um, But Ronaldinho, I mean, how much sense would this make for New York to bring him in? I think they should, man. I think it's a bit of a no-brainer. And, look, it's not without risk, right? Because, look, Ronaldinho, he's, he likes to party. He's not the most disciplined guy. So there is risk involved. Uh, and, and you like to wonder what he has left in the tank. Having said that, he is a superstar. The guy tore it up in Copa Libertadores just a year ago with Atletico Mineiro. He showed in less than a year ago that he can still bring it. Mm-hmm. He can still create. He can still work his magic. So from that standpoint, you know, if you're New York and, A, you, you already happen to need a playmaker, uh, B, you need some help selling tickets because you're not selling out, C, you need to cover yourself in the in the event that Terry Henry retires or Tim Cahill decides he wants to go to Australia or both, uh, it covers <laughs> it, it, it covers for so many uh, eventualities, so many, so many potential scenarios. It, like for me, it, it, I just don't I just don't see how you don't at least inquire about it. Uh, as I reported, uh, you know, Red Bulls officials did meet with, with with Ronaldinho's people during the World Cup. Apparently, it was an informal thing. It wasn't really geared towards them trying to bring him. Now, let's see if that's legit or not, or let's see if the Red Bulls have changed their mind on it or not, because uh, it's not going to come cheap, right? It's not going to be a cheap investment. You know we're not, Ronaldinho is trying to break the bank. You know he's got offers from other parts of the world that are going to make it worth his while. So, you know what? If I was running the Red Bulls, I would absolutely invest. I would buy him. I would bring him to Red Bull Arena, and you would absolutely sell out Red Bull Arena for every, every home game between now and the end of next year. I, I have little. I have zero doubt about that. You got. You have a huge Brazilian uh, population and neighborhood, uh, walking distance from Red Bull Arena. You absolutely would be would bring in the the, the Brazilians in the area, and you bring in the soccer fans. So, you know some of the you know fans who just love and appreciate Ronaldinho. Because let's face it, Ronaldinho is one of the most gifted, mm-hmm. creative players in the game. Like it, it may be ever right in, in terms of what he can do with the ball. So he, you know what? It's he's not two thousand and he's not Barcelona Ronaldinho. We know that he's older. He's you know he's got the miles. He's partied a lot. So we'll see. We'll see. But for me, I would absolutely sign him in a heartbeat. No, oh, I completely agree. I, look, if Henri leaves, New York's going to need another playmaker, and he's a guy that can definitely pick up Henri's shoes. Uh, I guess San Jose looks like they're finally trying to blow up the uh, the whole Alan Gordon and Stephen Lenhart Bash Brothers type thing, uh, bringing in a new designated player. Uh, that is Argentinian playmaker Matias Perez Garcia. Thoughts on San Jose, Ivis, bringing in this player? Well, look, they need some creativity. Obviously, there's no doubt about it. I mean, their whole style of play – it's just painful to watch, and it has been painful to watch. Mm-hmm. And it's good to see them want to invest in some creativity. And, you know, who, Argent, the track record for Argentinian playmakers in MLS is a pretty good one. So you'd like to think, hey, hopefully, the Earthquakes got it right with Garcia, Perez Garcia, who's only 29. He's obviously on the small side. He's 5'5", but if he can be the creative spark that they need, uh, to change things up, you'd like to hope, right? Because San Jose, I mean, they play, They have played some of the ugliest soccer in the league for a while now. Uh, it, it, you know, people in San Jose will probably disagree, but I think most people outside of San Jose will agree. It's just not, it's just not attractive, the whole long ball, Bash Brothers approach. But now they bring in 
Perez Garcia. And they also have a, uh, Tommy Thompson, who for me, you like, you know, he, he had some injuries earlier in the mm-hmm. year, but he's back healthy. He, he did well with the U20s uh, recently. Here's a kid with a really bright future. Uh, only he didn't seem to really fit in the Bash Brothers mode. Like he, because, you know, he's, he's, a quick, he's a quick and creative player. Hopefully now Mark Watson uh, is starting to kind of get away from that ugly style of soccer and is going to try to, uh, you know, show off a little more creative style of soccer. I agree. I think, well, first off, I think a lot of players didn't fit in San Jose style, but you also have Yannick Yellow, who has looked fantastic for San Jose. I, look, I think it's, I think everyone could let a collective gasp of thank you, San Jose, for finally blowing this up and trying to start over and, and trying to do things differently. I, I think it, it was a, it's about time and it's good to see them doing this, especially when they have a brand new stadium opening up next year that, that looks pretty nice, too. Well, I think obviously that has to be factored in because they, because I'm sure somebody, and, and, and whether it's Mark Watson, whether it's John Doyle, whether it's higher up, at some point somebody had to look at things and say, look, we are building a brand new stadium. We, you know, we're, we're obviously going to bring people in at the beginning because it's a new building, so it's going to have that attraction. But you want to entertain. You want to give people something that makes them want to come back. And as much as the, as much as the dramatics the drama of these late heroic comebacks of the past couple of years, as much as that has been memorable, um, the quality of the soccer hasn't been all that great coming out of San Jose for the last couple of years. So maybe maybe the leadership at San Jose is looking at things and saying, look, we want to we want to put on a show. We want to play some attractive soccer. We don't we need to have we need to get the pieces in place to do that. We don't have the pieces. And hopefully now, with, with, with the, this designated player signing, with Tommy Thompson developing, with Yannick Jallo, uh, who just you know was named MLS Player of the Week, coming off of a three-assist game, all of a sudden you're starting to see a little, a little bit more creativity. So that's mm-hmm. great because I tell you what, uh, the entire league needs that, right? So we need we need the creative, we need creativity. We need to do away with the whole any any semblance of the whole route one approach. No, I, I got to completely agree with you on that one. Uh, Ivis, your boy, Don Garber, is telling David Beckham that if he does not get a downtown stadium in Miami, that franchise is not going to happen. So my question is to you, Ivis, when does David Beckham start looking at a new city to get an MLS franchise in? Well, look, let's face it. That message, that ultimatum, is not for David Beckham. That message, that ultimatum, is for Miami area politicians because – it's it's the it's that move that you have to make to really put the pressure on, since obviously the, they're getting a lot of pushback on, on the locations that they're interested in having a stadium built in, and uh, now you want to see what happens. You want to see is Miami serious? Are their officials serious about bringing a team to to Miami? And uh, you know, I don't know. I don't think it's a bluff. I I think there there are enough markets out there that want teams and if Miami if they can't get Miami to agree to a, a stadium where they want to have a stadium I think they're going to look elsewhere and I know I know a lot of people are going to be upset about that and they're going to talk about the double standards of, of other markets like New York City FC who you know they don't have their own stadium yet they're playing at Yankee Stadium and I don't know for me I, I think they're serious I think Don Garber's serious and the uh, we'll see how Miami responds to that because Miami doesn't have to say yes. Miami doesn't have. Miami can look at it and say, you know what, it's not worth it for us to build this stadium where you want it. So move along. See you later. So we'll see. You know what? It's like a big game of chicken now. Now, now we'll see who we see who blinks. Well, I think we've all come to understand that no two cities, no two stadiums, no two ownership groups are all the same. I mean, every group is is a different package that has its own different requirements circumstances and stuff like that so i mean you know what i mean you can't compare new york to orlando to atlanta i mean all three of those are so completely different and miami's in its own element so there's no perfect formula to get what you want i mean it's it's what the league sees and that's just the way it is go on and uh and i just over the last 48 hours it looks like a uh, a twitter feud well i can't say a twitter feud but, but brian ching said some comments about eddie johnson Eddie Johnson did not take them too lightly, expressed himself on Twitter. Some other top media personalities chimed in, and Eddie Johnson went at those people, too. 
Um, Eddie Johnson, Ivis, I mean, we all know he's not one guy to be shy in his regards or comments or anything like that, but uh, I mean, kind of interesting to see Eddie Johnson kind of go off at so many different people over the last 48, hour, 48 hours on Twitter. Well, look, it, it, let's it, for those who missed it, Brian Ching uh, was on a show and was asked about Eddie Johnson. He, he had some pretty pointed things to say about Eddie Johnson and the fact that Eddie Johnson's the type of guy who who steps his game up when he when he's in a contract year, but then he gets the contract and he and he and he slacks off and he's not as productive. Uh, and look, you can look at Eddie Johnson's track record through his career and 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 ask yourself, is it a, a true statement or is it not a true statement? So when you look at it, you can argue that yes, it is. It Brian Ching's comment is a true statement. Having said that, it's a little it's a little awkward to have it coming. From you know a former teammate of Eddie Johnson on the national team, so you can understand Eddie Johnson thinking like, "Whoa, hold on, this we're supposed you know you're supposed to be my boy, you're supposed to be my teammate, and you're coming at me like this, like you know." So you can understand why Eddie Johnson's upset. Uh, having said that, you know what? When people talk about you, if you're a celebrity, you can't you can't you can't get in, caught up in that stuff, you know, because you just end up looking bad. Uh, you end up looking worse than the guy who criticized you, and that's mm-hmm. and and at the end of the day, look. If he doesn't say a word, this looks this this really doesn't look good for for Brian Ching, because Brian Ching didn't need to make the comments that he made. But now you've got Eddie Johnson, you know, with this whole Twitter rant, uh, and and it wasn't just aimed at Brian Ching. He also went at uh, you know he had a tweet about uh, about broadcasters or, or that former players who are broadcasters and uh, the the person he described sounded a lot like Taylor Twellman. I don't know if that's who he was talking about, but. You know, it's just not a good look. It's not a good look to 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 kind of to kind of take the bait, so to speak. You know, you just gotta take the high ground and let others and let others chime in because, you know what, you're gonna end up looking worse than the guy who started the whole thing. And I, I think honestly, I think that's what the hap- is happening here. Look, I, I'm sure there are Eddie Johnson supporters who who don't think he's done anything wrong or don't or, or, or don't think anything he has said is out of line but you know what it just doesn't look good you know it's silence it's better to stay quiet and and let you know let the other person look like an idiot and and now you've just got two people in a twitter war and i don't know if either one of them looks good now well i think if eddie johnson didn't say anything brian ching's comments are probably like half you know half the crap i say on this show or i mean actually the more majority of the stuff i say on this show i where it just it, it doesn't get repeated it doesn't leave this it doesn't get to the player it, it just it washes into nothing but I mean, look, Eddie, Eddie Johnson says things like this all the time, and and I guess I mean the, the thing is, I, I guess you can make the you make the case for. I mean, you got to pick your battles of when to fight back, you know. But at the same time, I understand where Eddie Johnson's coming from. You know, three goals in three games, he started to heat up. DC's making a push. Johnson looks like he's starting to contribute a lot, so maybe he's also let sitting your, there being like, you know, hey, I'm scoring goals. Play, let your play do the talking, man. That's that's like that. I'm sorry, like I like why take the bait. Why take the bait? And I don't think Brian Ching said what he said to get a rise out of uh, Eddie Johnson. I don't think that was the case at all. I think he he was asked the question and he answered it honestly. And maybe he, you know what? Maybe he shouldn't have been so honest about. It. Maybe he should have kind of you know bit his tongue a little and considered you know that this is probably going to get back to him. Uh, and I, you know what? Who knows? Maybe Brian Ching doesn't care. Maybe he thinks you know what? This is I'm just, I'm going to speak the truth here. Uh, people need to know, and and I, let's be like really realistically speaking. And I know I'm sure DC fans will disagree, and I'm sure Eddie Johnson fans will disagree. But look at Ching's statement, and look at Johnson's career, and ask yourself: Is it accurate or not? And I tell you what, looking at his production through the years, it's not it's not that off base. The you know the premise, the main premise of it. So it is what it is. If I, Eddie Johnson, you know what? You can't you can't fall for this stuff, right? Because like, look, Alexi Lalas somehow got involved. Let's <laughs> look. Uh, Alexi Lalas is a, is a is a master third degree black belt at trolling, and people fall for the it's hilarious. Fall, people fall for the bait so often. It's it's hilarious. Uh, credit to Alexi. He's a master at it. He's a master at, at just saying the right thing, as we saw with Jeff Cameron and Alexi Lalas, uh, you know, a few weeks back where. Cameron waded into the water, had a go at Alexi Lalas, and it didn't end well for Cameron. I thought Alexi Lalas got the better of that exchange, and now Alexi Lalas is going after Eddie Johnson a little bit. 
he had a pretty good tweet where he said, I'm pretty sure I've never been jealous of Eddie Johnson. Totally random comment in response to one of Eddie Johnson's tweets. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, here, get your popcorn. Let's see how the, the response is to this comment. So I don't know, man. This is exactly what I say. You don't, you just don't talk, just don't respond. You know, just let it sit there, let it fade away. And if you want to have words with someone in person, then you have words with them in person and say, listen, you know, I don't appreciate that you said that. Uh, or if you want to make a statement, why don't you wait and talk to the media a day later instead of your initial uh, emotional reaction to throw a tweet out that is probably not going to have a great tone to it and probably not going to make you look good. And who knows? Maybe Eddie Johnson doesn't care. Maybe he doesn't uh, care if he looks good or bad or not. But maybe next time he should think about giving it a little more thought, or putting a little more thought into his response, if he responds at all. For me, I'm not responding. I'm just going to keep doing my thing, keep it moving, not give any more attention, uh, create any more attention for the haters that are hating on me, as Eddie Johnson loves to talk about the haters, or people who are making comments about me that I don't like. Because you know what? I, like for me personally, if I'm Eddie Johnson, if I if I was, you know, MLS forward, and and you know these guys are talking about me, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna wait till I see them and be like, "Yo, what's up?" I'm like, why, why you got to talk about me? Well, like, that's, that's, yeah, it, but that's that's Ivis Kolarsep though. No, but I'm not saying I'm gonna fight these people. But I, I feel mm. like you need to address these things in person. Like the whole Twitter thing is like I don't know. I, I think it's real grade school, high school type stuff. And I, and I, and I, I just you know. Take the high road. Well, how nice is this? Guess who DC plays on Sunday? Who? Houston Dynamo. There you go. Yeah, so look, if Eddie wants to... I'm sure Eddie will have a very nice celebration in mind. Well, so, hey, assuming he scores, so... Look, in my defense, Eddie Johnson, he did tweet this stuff out at, you know, 8.30 in the morning, so he might not have been fully awake yet. You know, maybe he's slowly <laughs> getting out of sleep. I mean, they won the night before. It's probably their day off the next day or their regen day. The next day, it's a little more casual. He's sleeping in, you know. He's, you know, he's a little tired. I mean, come on, Ivis, we gotta give, well, the, we it, gotta give the guy a break here. He's not awake. Yeah, you know what? I mean, I don't know. It's an interesting <laughs> one, man, because you know what? It, it's it's rare you get MLS players saying anything. So on one hand, it's almost like wow, finally something interesting. And now, like you said, DC is going to Houston. Eddie Johnson is gonna go to BBVA Compass Stadium, and he just had a complete go at. Uh, a, a Houston legend, right? So, you know what? I got a feeling the Dynamo fans are not going to be shy about about voicing their displeasure with Eddie Johnson. So, that's at, that's adding some spice. And I, you know what? I, I guess I don't have a problem with that. It's too bad. This game is also not on national TV. When is that new TV rights contract going to kick in so we can have these games flexed to primetime games, Ivis? Ugh. MLS, MLS Live, my man. I know. We got one more year to wait. Um, One more year. One more year. We, we can make it, Ivis. Well, staying in the Eastern Conference, the Philadelphia Union have gone out and added a new goalkeeper, Ivis, adding Algerian Raiz Mimboli. Uh, with the amount of goalkeepers that the Union have with McMath and Andre Blake, I mean, Ivis, what, what do you make of this move? Well, it's a very interesting one. Uh, you know, and Boley, for those who watched the World Cup, he, he was one of the more mm-hmm. impressive goalkeepers. His performance against Germany was one of the top performances of the tournament for goalkeepers. He's, he's a quality player. He's a veteran. My question is this, right? If you're the union and you have certain needs, certain other needs, was goalkeeper the position you needed to upgrade to get you to the playoffs? Was that really the – because, like, I, I don't know. I, th- I feel like Zach McMath had settled into being a pretty solid goalkeeper, right? So, you know, it, to take that position that didn't seem like it was a really serious weakness and, and, and put serious resources into an upgrade, have you exposed yourself elsewhere? Have you limited your ability to upgrade in areas where you really do need an upgrade? So that's what I, I'm a little curious about that. Uh, but having said that, Emboli, quality player, let's see how much he's making salary-wise. If he's on a huge deal, then that's that's. I mean, I I don't know if that's ever a wise move uh, to spend huge money on a goalkeeper, especially when you have a pretty decent starter as it is. But we'll see. I mean, if if Emboli is as good a, as he showed at the World Cup, then maybe just maybe 
he helps that young defense come together. And uh, with the Montreal Impact, Ivis, uh, the like it's it's Montreal Impact is like life. You know the guarantees. You know death, taxes, and the Montreal Impact firing a front office executive midway through the season or at the end of the year. They did that this past week, firing technical director Nick DeSantis, who uh, really didn't do much. I mean, look, Montreal's bottom of the table for a reason, and uh, and Montreal needs to start figuring out what's going on ASAP. Listen, for anyone who listens to our show and our preseason previews, we said it then. Montreal did not do enough to fix their roster nope. in the in the offseason. They were they were they fell apart last year at the end of the year. If your team falls apart at the end of the year, you clearly need to make changes. They just didn't make enough changes, and what do you know? They 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 have one of the do they have the worst record in the league now? Mm, they have the worst yes. record in the league now. They have the worst record in the league now, and it really took Montreal. It really took Joey Saputo until July to realize what had gone wrong. Uh, I, I I don't know, man. I I, I just wonder uh, for all the comings and goings there. You've got Joey Saputo, who you know you just get the sense the guy doesn't know what he's doing. And uh, that's how I kind of feel about it, too. Yeah, man, it doesn't look good. And uh, it's unfortunate because obviously they had they, they had a good fan base up there. Uh, they have a great you know. fan base up there, actually. Montreal yeah, fans, yeah. Montreal so, fans are pretty good. Well, well, it's well now it's, you know, after all the struggles of the last couple of years, you, you know, and all the coaching carousel, uh, you have to wonder, how, how, you know, how how uh, impatient they're growing. Uh, but I don't know, man. We'll see. Frank Lopez has been handed the keys to the castle uh, and he'll have his chance to build that team up. And right off the bat, you know, he made a trade. He got he went and got Dilly Duca for San Aniasi. Uh Dilly Duca, who played really well under Klopas uh, when Klopas was uh, the coach of Chicago. So we'll see if that helps out a bit. But look, Montreal, man, they, they you just feel like they have a lot of needs to address. And uh, I don't know if that's going to get done this year. So. You don't envy the job that uh, Clopas has right now. Well, and, and that's the thing that you and I have always talked about. I mean, Major League Soccer is a buyer's league. If you, if you don't buy, this is what happens. I mean, look at the teams that didn't buy this year. Montreal, New York, Houston. Uh, look, th- th- all three of those teams are not in the playoffs for a reason. You have to continue to buy players. And Montreal, I mean, <laughs> watch, 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 watch them fire Frank Clopas at the end of the season, too, I guess, and start that all over again. Yeah, I mean, they, they won't, happen. but I'm, I'm just saying, though. It, it, you never know. You never know, uh, especially with Saputo. You know, I mean, he's he, you know, he he changes his mind on a whim. But uh, we'll see. We'll see what Frank Lopez can do now that he has the keys. And uh, you know, it doesn't sound like they were gonna go get themselves a big money DP or anything quite that dramatic. But uh, I don't know, man. I think this kind of season's almost a lost cause for them. Although they are in the Champions League, so you, you like to think maybe they'll focus on the Champions League. You know, maybe they'll. They'll kind of make sure that they, they try to put in a strong effort there. Um, what do you make of this trade, though, with them adding uh, Dilly Duca? I, I know I you touched on I, it, but... I, I, no, I, I like it. I mean, I think the thing with Duca is he's the kind of player that won't really respond to every kind of coach or every coach. He's a guy who, if he has a good connection with his coach, he can play well. If he doesn't have a good connection with his coach, he's kind of just going to become a forgotten man. And you get the sense in, uh, with Yallop that he just kind of was just not really – it wasn't really a good fit. Meanwhile, Frank Klopas really got, got a lot out of him. I mean, I remember last year talking to Klopas about Dilly Duca, and he couldn't, he couldn't stop raving about him. Dilly Duca, man, Dilly, he's got a lot of talent, but the consistency issue uh, is, a, is a factor. And he just needs to get some steady, you know, steady games under his belt, and then we see what happens. Well, Ivis, there were four midweek Major League Soccer games on Wednesday. Uh, D.C., Ivis, we talked a little bit about Eddie Johnson on this one. Uh, they went out and smoked Toronto 3-0. to zero. Uh, Nick DeLeon worked his t- uh, t- tail off for a goal in this one. Couldn't talk for a second. Eddie Johnson had a goal. And uh, look, for, for as much as D.C. looked pretty good in this game, it's the same problems for Toronto defensive laps and also toronto they just cannot finish to save their life right now yeah that's the uh, same issue again and look you got to give dc credit dc uh uh impressive win at home uh you got to look at the schedule and i tell you right now dc they've done a good job they've had a nice run but the upcoming schedule is really gonna tell uh the tale for dc united you know they i mean that their next game you think oh houston dynamo 
it, you know that that's not a that's not a tough matchup. But hey, Demarcus Beasley's probably going to make his debut. Luis Garrido's going to make his debut. You're on the road in Texas. I think it's going to be a tough one. And then look at the the next run of games: Real Salt Lake, Colorado, Sporting Kansas City, LA Galaxy, New York Red Bulls, Vancouver, New York Red Bulls again. I mean, tell you what, man, that's a it's a, it's a strong run of games. So. Well, that's true. But for, but for D.C., I mean, they have built up some breathing room. And this is also a time for them to prove it, that they belong where they do belong. I mean, well, what, what an opportunity for them. I think, yeah, exactly. Well, look, if they have a really strong run through that, through that schedule, then you could start talking about them. Because for me right now, <clears throat> there's a short list. There's four teams, four teams that I say are the title favorites. Uh, Sporting Kansas City, mm-hmm. Seattle. Mm-hmm. RSL mm-hmm. and LA. Yep. Those are the four teams. And uh, that was the same four teams before the season began. And and little has changed. Then you get to that second tier and then you have a DC, um Colorado FC Dallas, I'd even argue Portland, uh even though with the horrible start to their season, they're coming around. You have to have them in that conversation. Uh and then there's a third tier. You got your New England, your TFC, your Red Bulls, uh but if DC is going to really climb into that serious top tier, they're going to have to put on a run against those teams that we just mentioned, that schedule, because that's that's really the nitty-gritty. They have a couple of wins against good teams. They did they did beat uh, KC. They just beat Toronto, but mm-hmm. the, the schedule they got coming up is really going to let us know. Who, who's on the fourth tier? Everybody else. Uh, New England went out, Ivis, and uh, smoked the Colorado Rapids at home. That game was also 3-0. Lee win, two goals uh, in this one. Kellen Rowe gets a goal in this one, too. Uh, New England just looked explosive throughout the entire game. Really limited uh, opportunities for the Colorado Rapids. And uh, for New England, man, I mean, what a huge sigh of relief for them to be able to pick three points up at home in this one and to break that extremely long losing streak. They needed it desperately, right? I mean, eight matches in a row without a win. And and Colorado, man, I mean, you know, you don't start Dylan Powers. You don't start Dylan Serna. You don't start Vicente Sanchez. Uh, and they just got outplayed. Their midfield outplayed, outworked. Uh, and uh, I don't know. I mean, I get the schedule is a tough one. You have to manage minutes. You have to rotate guys. But... I mean, I don't know, man. I I, I I don't know if I would have sat the guys that Pablo Mastroni sat. And and I know he likes to spread the minutes out, right? But as I think I mm-hmm. said the last show, at a certain point, Mastroni needs to start settling in on a, on a, an 11 and giving an 11 a run. Uh, I don't know. He almost seems – it almost seems like he's overcompensating for, for wa- not wanting to w- burn a team out. And he's, like, spreading the minutes too much. So, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how things go. The, the schedule hasn't done them any favors in terms of the travel, but, uh, yeah, they did not look good at all. We also like New York Red, New York Red Bulls, excuse me, play to a 1-1 draw. Joel Plata, leader of the All-Star, All-Star Snubless with a goal in this one. Henri, very class goal. Dom Dwyer. On his part, pff, bro, seriously, Joel Plata should be in the All-Star game. Get over this uh, Dom Dwyer. That's just all hype, dude. That's all the main, mainstream media hype that's getting into your head. Mainstream media and Kansas Dude, you're one of the biggest followers that I know about all that crap. Anyways, point is, they play to a 1-1 draw. RSL should have beat New York in this one. Um, but I mean, New York. I was to go on the road to pick up a point in Rio Tinto. That's a positive. Are you done waving those RSL pom poms, dude? I don't even work for them anymore, so I can say whatever I want. So now you can have full. So now your fandom can fully show. Is that what you're telling don't, me? Don't that just <laughs> okay. First off, what about your New York your New York Red Bulls picking up a point in this one, Ivis? Look, it's a battle of our teams against each other. They're <laughs> yeah, even. They stay. They walked away with a point. Our each. teams. Our teams. Our well, teams. Know I do. I will say one thing that I find hilarious yeah. is that Henri's goal was the first goal scored by the Red Bulls at Rio Tinto since the 2008 Western Conference Final, which I was at, by the way. I was there uh, when RSL hit the post like five times, and and the Red Bulls somehow beat them. Uh, Danny Sapero in goal, uh, unbelievable, uh, shocking, shocking result, um, and it was pretty chilly that night too. But it's crazy that they that just shows you Red Bulls the RSL has owned the Red Bulls at Rio Tinto since that magical night, and so for the Red Bulls to get a point, 
you got to you got to be happy if you're the Red Bulls. You got yeah. a point on the road against a really good RSL team. So, uh, you know, if you're RSL, I know, uh, you know, Jeff Cassar after the match, he sound, he, uh, he put a positive spin on things, but you can't be happy. I'm sorry. If you're RSL, you can't be happy with dropping points against the Red Bulls team that mm-hmm. really hadn't been really hadn't been, uh, you know, playing well lately. I completely agree. In the other Wednesday match, uh, Chicago Fire and Vancouver played to a scoreless draw, and that is probably all that needs to be said about that game. Uh, yeah, it was a snoozer, zero zero. That's all. And there were a combined total, Ivis, of four shots on goal in that one. Woo. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Money back. Somebody should be getting their money back. Although I don't think they can give people their money back if they're trying to pay for Jermaine Jones. <laughs> because as we know, he's a Champions League player. Yeah, I was gonna say I was waiting for you to drop that in there. <laughs> and before we wrap up the show, Ivis, I know you got to get to bed. It's like what six a.m. already for you, or something like that. So uh, I know you need to get your beauty sleep because you desperately need that now at your age. Um, let's preview quickly the game: Sporting Kansas City at home against the Philadelphia Union. Thoughts? KC should roll. L.A. home over Portland. Uh, Portland has done well against LA in the Caleb Porter era, but the Galaxy are playing well, looking good. I'm going to go 1-0 LA. Feeling good, too. Uh, Montreal at home taking on Toronto. I'm going to go with Montreal on this one. Continue that Toronto FC slide. Nah, I think Toronto's going to get straighten things out. I think they're going to get a result in Montreal. I think we're going to... Hey, you know what? I'm going to go 2-2 tie, 2-2 tie. Uh, New York at home hosting New York. uh, New York at home hosting New England Revolution. Uh, Red Bulls victory. Red Bulls 2-1. Chicago, Columbus. Thoughts? Uh, I uh, I have nothing on this game. I have uh, Columbus. I'll go Columbus with the the road victory upset 1-0. Colorado at home taking on Real Salt Lake. I mean, obviously, this is why Pablo arrested all those guys, Ivis, to beat Arcel at home. Colorado's at home. They, they, you know, Pablo Mastroni rested some of his guys. Powers and Cerna. Uh, there was this the Rocky Mountain Cup. Yes, that's uh, a tough call. I will go. I'll. Go, you know what? Arcel. Arcel is going to pull it off. Uh, Omez Garcia has awakened. He got his first two goals, mm-hmm. and I think that's going to help boost boost his confidence, and I think he's going to keep it going. Also, we haven't talked about this. Robbie Finley also back for RSL, so good to see him coming back from an injury. Um, San Jose hosting the Seattle Sounders. Sounders in a romp. Uh, then on Sunday, look, the marquee game of the weekend, just because Houston at home taking on D.C. United. Brian Ching and Eddie Johnson. I'm hoping for a pregame handshake or fight Ooh. one or the other. Um, the fans in Houston, I'm sure, are not going to let Eddie Johnson off the hook. And I tell you what, I think Eddie, I think Houston, with their struggles, I think you know they, they're coming in. Beasley and Garrido should make their make their debuts. I say Houston wins, and it's the start of their surge to the playoffs. Uh, and then Chivas at home taking on FC Dallas. FC Dallas is looking really good lately. Mm-hmm. I got to go FC Dallas. Chivas is looking a hot mess again. I'm going to go FC Dallas. And those are all the games from the weekend, Ivis, before I let you uh, get the two hours of sleep that you desperately need before you do whatever you got to do the rest of the day. Any, any final comments that you have to say? <laughs> whatever I got to do. Well, actually, I'm flying to Detroit tomorrow ahead of the big uh, Manchester United Real Madrid friendly oh, nice. in Ann Arbor at the big house. I believe 109,000 tickets have already been sold for that. Mm. It's going to be a sellout. I'm looking forward to going there. I've never been to to that stadium. Uh, uh, Azteca is still the biggest stadium I've been to, so it'll be good to go to another 100,000-seat stadium. Um, And then from there, it's off to Portland. I'm heading to Portland on Sunday uh, for All-Star Week. Uh, uh, We're right now in the process of trying to have a get-together Monday evening at a place yet to be determined. Dude, it's be dude, a- I get in Monday night, like, late. Are you serious? You get in Monday night late? Yeah, late, dude. I mean, well, I don't want to show I don't want to show fashionably late. Come on. Garrett, here's the thing. What? Tuesday night is going to be... Uh, there's going to be some big parties popping on Tuesday. And Wednesday, there's, there's a bumpy... The, bump, the posted bumpy pitch are having a party after the game. So the only night... We could realistically do something as Monday. 
Alright, so, fine, fine, fine. I better we'll have it, I better we'll have make it, we'll make it nice and late. I better have beers and shots waiting for me in an, in a uh, in a and also a cosmopolitan in your hand when I show what up. What time what time's your flight land? I think I get in at like nine. Oh, you're fine. It's only like forty five minutes to to downtown. <laughs> okay, wait, wait, wait. Is this forty five minutes in real time or is this forty five minutes in Ivis time? Well, what's the rail? It's the light rail, so it's like <laughs> a it's the scheduled time. So I'm telling you, you can be at your hotel by like ten ish, and, and you'll be at the bar by eleven, and we'll be you know drinking Cosmos apparently. From what some of the re- some of the readers are saying they're gonna they're gonna finally uh, bring people out people better wait if you're listening to the show. You better you better wait because I need to witness this with my own eyes. <laughs> well, you know what? Here's the thing: Monday is also the 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 homegrown game. Oh, that's right. So we can't have anything that early anyway because we have to be there for the homegrown game. So, true, true. So, so, so what, whatever, we, whatever we're going to do is going to be after that game. So you, you'll be fine. I'm, you'll, you'll be there. I'm, I'm excited. Dude. I've never been to Portland before, so it's going to be a good time. Portland's a great city, man. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I, I like it every time I go. Uh, I, I wish I could stay longer, honestly, because uh, there's, well, so well, there's so much your, to do. Obviously, your family doesn't want you to leave, dude. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> there's so many good places to eat, so many good places to hang out. I got to hit Nike Town at one point. Um, not, uh, the Nike store, the Nike store to just load up. Um, but yeah, no, man, Portland's a great city. So looking forward to seeing how, how, what the turnout is. Uh, obviously, the Portland fans are going to be all over it, but I'm curious to see how many folks from out of town come in for it for the for the week's festivities. I think it's gonna be good. it's gonna be a good time, man. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Yep, and, uh, that's all I can, that's I, all I can I, say about that. <laughs> I know I should yeah, I should probably start packing I'm, uh, my flights in a few hours. <laughs> uh, actually, I have one more final thing before we close out the show, Ivis. What's that? Everyone was giving you props on the last show. Oh, Ivis, sick intro, bro, with the red man. <clears throat> I picked the intro for the last show, so you're all welcome. That was all me. Stop Listen, giving Ivis. Stop giving Ivis props for the music. Oh, you, Ivis! You oh, you're no. so cool, Ivis, with the hits. You you're always bringing it, bro. I brought the hit. I brought no, the no, beat no. last it. time. I brought, I brought. I brought. I brought the Garrett. style last time. Just to let everybody know, for the the first 150 episodes of the show, we made a point to not repeat songs right i, I wanted well, I re- to have a, i repeat it all the time <laughs> i wanted to have a variety of songs there's so much good old school hip-hop out there i wanted to have as many different songs as possible so we got to about the 150 episode mark and it was getting really tough to find some new material so i made the decision you know what we're gonna start to recycle some songs so i let garrett know look you just go to the songs that we had early on in the early episodes of the SBI show, and you can pick from those. So, you know, you can, I'm sure Garrett can claim he picked the songs, but he's just picking songs that I found, that I picked, that I actually know the words to, unlike Garrett. So just just want to clear that up. And actually, now I, I have... Those, are just, I, those I, are just details. You're boring people with the details, anyway. dude. They don't want to hear that stuff. I got a couple of new songs. I'm I'm gonna bring bring just for that. I'm gonna bring us some, some new songs into the rotation because I feel like I'm cheating people by not uh, broadening their hip hop horizons. So I got I got some new songs ready to roll. <laughs> oh, it's it's too easy, man, with you sometimes. I, all I all I know is I I found 150 songs. And you, I think you found six. I think you played the same okay, six songs. Okay, here's over my and over. problem. I'm sick and tired. Okay, you know what? You know, <laughs> you know why I repeat the songs. We don't need to go into details, but you know why. All right, so just take it easy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> God. All right, Ivis. You have a good time, dude. I'll see you in. Uh, I'll see you in Portland. Yes, sir. Yeah, I think we'll have a show before then. We'll try to do a show Sunday night. So we'll have it up Monday, and then I know when you and I are in Portland, we'll, we'll try to do a couple shows. Maybe we can hunt down some guests. For the shows, we can do it in person since we're both in Portland, you know? Yeah, you know, it'd be good. We're going to hopefully we can find somewhere to set up shop and maybe get a couple of players that are in town for the game and, uh, you know, do it up. I agree. Well, we're going to have to work on that. Ivis, uh, you work on packing, dude, because I know you're going to wait till the last second to do that. So start getting on it right now. I'm going to get my three hours of sleep and uh, and then I'll pack. That's all you need, baby. All right, Ivis, have a good time, man. Enjoy the weekend. I'll see you in Portland. All right, thanks, man. And as always, everyone, thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for the comments. Thank you for the reviews on iTunes. Ivis and I will be back again on Monday morning with another SBI show.